Sixty years have passed since Panora's box was opened. Seven shadows of pain and seven lights of wonder were released into the land. Ponder's scales moved sharply to the left. So he made champions of mortals, and although that helped, decisions from the past still resulted in long-lasting damage in Avalonia. Seven towers rose up, breaking the veil between the Fey world and the mortal realm, causing havoc throughout the land. When magic became wild and unpredictable, the mages were struck with mad mage disease, since the weave consumed part of their brain each time they used it. Disillusion of the wizard council ensued, causing more instability when using magic, so that only wild magic can be used to cast spells. Long ago, the gods forged magical constructs, a race of warforged, who had been long forgotten, became active in a distant land filled with strange, abominable beasts. The land was called Svalbar. The Warforge had but one protocol fixed in their minds. Go to the towers. But alas, most malfunctioned, attempting to leave the frozen tundra of Svalbar with only a few escaping. But those few brought the knowledge and tools that had been suppressed throughout the realms. The Fairy Queens, Mab and Loth, sent Redcaps out to battle the tribes the Fairy had established across Avalonia. A bitter war broke out, and the tribes barely won. Thanks to the banding of the Lily and Fadeleaf tribes, the Redcap raids became less and less efficient, and the balance of Ponder's scales began to shift. The god of knowledge Philanthus is no longer worshipped as all of the churches have been brutally attacked and burned by the Lizardfolk tribe, and owning his writings in their territory is punishable by death. Demon allies also plagued the land near the Seven Towers, consecrating it with unholy magics, and the Lizardfolk help them any way they can. They all wear the unholy symbol of Xerix. Welcome to Avalonia in the future. Hi, I'm Joseph Musso, and this episode is brought to you by thetabletopgameshop.com. Stay tuned for more information after the show. If you like what you hear, please leave a review on your favorite listening platform. Last time on All D20. These four worthless slaves made their way to Bugalus, the grand city of the orcs. There, they ended up proving themselves in the slave pits that they were worthy for the arena. We shuffled them with the other worthy slaves, and they did battle. One by one, they managed to survive against all odds. And now, we of the twelve tribes shall see if their worth is worth anything in the arena. Let's see what happens next. Hi, my name is Felicity Musso, and I play Camly Tonkbite. Hi, I'm Jeremy Bohan, and I play Mielza Cooks, or Miles for short. Hi, my name is Carl, and I play Nine. Well met. I'm Joshua Deveni, and I play Boven Hoofmeyer. Hi, I'm Joseph Musso, your Dungeon Master, and welcome to Season 2 of Avalonia of the All D20 Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, game on, and now, time for the adventure. So you all watch as the boy turns to ash before you. And you see Georgil's eyes get extremely angry and dark. Immediately he shouts at the glass and demands, Shizul, come to me immediately. I know you can hear me. And you guys almost see a glint of a blue light flash around Georgil. But you're not sure what that was. Maybe it was a trickery of the eyes. But you can tell your friend is angry. 
and he immediately storms over to the ashes of the little boy. He pulls out a wand made of gold and silver, and you notice that it's as it sparkles and shines in the torchlight. This is my last charge that my master Peslia gave me, but if I don't use it, I would be a failure to myself and my god. Valentis, please guide my hand and allow me to use the last gift on this poor child. You all watch as he takes out the wand and he closes his eyes. The orcs above start looking down warily and watch in astonishment as the wand quivers and glows in a bright, calming blue energy. A flash of a blue dragon hovers over the ash of the boy and the ash begins to swirl and swarm and form back into the shape of a small little boy. The wand shoots a final beam of pure, blinding blue light. Miles, it hurts your eyes. Eventually, it shatters into blue sparks. And you guys hear, <laughs> as a little boy begins running to his mother, scared, and starts to cry. Well, that was meant to save a friend, but I could not stand by when I could help the boy. You notice the large orc with the black robe stands up angrily up above. He stalks off upset. And as he walks past, you guys see a glimpse of a red spider on the back of his robe. The way they are treating people here needs to stop. I'm going to make the deal. Oh, the deal? Well, what kind of deal? Well, this isn't the first time that I've been here. Every time they make me an offer, I turn them down, and they put me back into the slave pits. What do they offer you? Well, the serpent clan wants to use me as their tribute. And as much as fighting is okay and it's great exercise, I don't like to fight. I prefer to be a pacifist. I had a dream I was a snake person once. Oh, really? Yeah, it was really weird. I could see that. You should be careful with making deals. They don't always sound as good as they do afterwards. I'm very aware, but this has to stop. These poor slaves need someone. And who else can help them but me? Ratusker, you there, little friend? You feel like a, a shaking in your beard. Will you do me a favor? You see the head poke out. Would you go comfort that little boy and just lay on his lap and be nice to him? You feel a nod and then immediately jumps down, stretches out his arms and legs, and then flies down toward the boy catches himself on the on the front of the boy's shirt and slowly climbs up and nuzzles his uh, face cheek against the boy's neck. The boy starts giggling. <laughs> that tickles. Camly has a slight look of jealousy on her face and she's kind of st- stomping stomped her foot down. <sighs> what's what's wrong? Nothing. You seem upset. I don't want to talk did about the food it. Food not agree with you or 
don't want to talk about it. Oh, all right. <laughs> and and Nine's just, just walking around the table, looking at food, kind of oblivious to everything that's going on, not really caring. Using his vacuum arm to clean up everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just taking note of everything that's there. Did we forget we had a food fight last time? <laughs> yeah, it's a mess. There's food everywhere. Um, well, what now? Should we finish our dessert and go to bed? I don't really know. I don't see a whole lot of food left. True. Oh, there's still plenty of food. Oh, Even okay. though you guys had what you thought was a food fight, it was a, a banquet fit for a king. Okay. Uh, it was very, very large. So there are bits and pieces of plates and pies missing, but overall, okay. the majority of the food is unscathed. I find a key lime pie and gorge. Yes, it's awkwardly <laughs> you find quiet. find a key lime pie and start eating away as the slaves looks dejectedly while you consume your food. <laughs> I turn away from them. I turn my back. Are there oh. chairs around the table? Oh, there's chairs all over the place. All right, I'm going to go find a spot, just push food off the table and just kick up my feet. Yes, yes, and last time I'll help anybody. <laughs> I agree. You never know the consequences. I don't think you should be helping anyone. Ever. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. duly noted. <laughs> um, Nine, how are you? How do you feel? Do you feel? Yes, I do feel. Do you? Uh, of course I do. I just, I've never seen, well, a, a, no offense, but a tin man before. In the middle of the conversation, you guys hear a very loud knock. Eventually the door swings open and an orc with scales on his flesh and an elongated neck. He has very pale orange features and yellow eyes with a forked tongue. So, you decided we are interested. <sighs> yes, I've decided. We have been watching you closely. He watches a smile spreads open and wide with sharp, wicked fangs. I know, Shazul, and I will talk with you further about your offer. But you must guarantee nothing happens to all my friends in this room. Yes, yes. We can promise the slaves will be ours. But no guarantees to the tributes. Bad things, bad things happen in the arena after all. <laughs> okay, I'm not happy about this, but Valanthus will guide me. Jojo turns to the slaves. You are all my friends now, and I say you can eat. Let's go. I'm sorry, my friends. Jojo turns to you guys at the table. I have to leave now. Oh, no. I will miss you. You'll be missed, you powerful warrior, you. <laughs> Jojo looks visibly upset as he steps outside of the room, waiting for Shizul. Shizul turns to the slaves. You all heard your master. Do as you're told. The slaves, seeing the snake-like creature, say this, stare in disbelief. He just waves dismissively at them, pointing at the food. 
You watch as all of the slaves just head toward the table and start gorging themselves for the first time probably in months. The door slams shut behind, leaving just the four of you left. Yay, they can eat! I don't like watching people eat. <laughs> I go to a corner and, uh, and finish my key lime pie. <laughs> All those vegan hypocrites. George will be missed. Yeah, we were just getting to know him. He was so strong. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Just got like key lime pile over my beard. <laughs> you see Radiscar just shaking his head disapprovingly on the shoulder of the boy. Camly <laughs> <laughs> walks up to Radisker and offers her shoulder. Here. Come on. Stares at the shoulder, stares at the boy. Stares at Bovin, stares at the shoulder, stares at the boy. I pull out a little piece of mushroom out of my apron. He immediately jumps off the boy's shoulder and flies <laughs> to the air. <laughs> ah, there, isn't that better? And I, You're all your own person, Radiska. He grabs the mushroom and just starts eating. And I walk over to the table away from the boy. <laughs> and he keeps a mushroom in his mouth and then flies off your shoulder onto the boy's shoulder eating mm. the mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> She scoffs and turns oh, to the table. Somebody's jealous. <laughs> you didn't just die. I am die. not jealous. <laughs> the boy needs to be comforted. You didn't just die. <laughs> I almost did out in the fighting pits. Are you kidding me? True. But <laughs> we would have held a really good funeral for you if you did. <laughs> but you didn't. Whatever. I didn't want him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and I start just eating. What do you eat? Um, is there's there meats? There's different vegetables. Yeah, there's no, fruits. She's looking for something sweet. Uh, oh yeah, there's tons of pastries. There's different pies. There right. used to be pies, but most of them are in Bovin's stomach. <laughs> <laughs> she grabs a pastry. Camille grabs a pastry. <laughs> and it's a very strange um, pastry. It's it's full of meat. And mm. berries at the same time. It's a very interesting delicacy. Not something that you've tried, even though you've experienced quite a few pastries in your time. This is definitely a new experience. But you being you, as soon as you taste it, you immediately understand all of the ingredients. And you are able to actually create that recipe if you want to. Cool. Mm, I'm going to have to take this back to the family. <laughs> oh, Camly. Denial is the first stage of grief. <laughs> I'm not listening to you. It's also not, not just a river in Egypt. <laughs> what is Egypt? <laughs> I think the key lime pie is getting to your head. That's too much so. sugar. What was in this key lime pie? It's a special key lime pie. The lime is making you loony. <laughs> just a little bit. So, uh, do you eat anything? I am able to consume food. Do you actually ta like taste it, or it does not provide any nutritional benefits to me? But does it like satisfaction? What about pleasure? Do you get like a dopamine hit when you eat, or I do not oh. have hormones like you do. Interesting. Well, 
are we just gonna eat here all day, or do we go somewhere? <laughs> Should we follow Georgia? I, uh, Camille walks over and checks the door. There is no lock on this side of the door, um, and it is pretty much smooth against the wall. It's a big metal door. It looks very similar to the door that you guys experienced in the slave pen. So, uh, unfortunately, it's only a one-way entrance door. Oh, it doesn't look like we've got a way out of here. So I guess we just sit and eat. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting so full. full, though. <laughs> <laughs> I can't eat anymore. <laughs> Eventually, some time passes, and as you guys are talking, you do notice that the glass above you goes dark. You can no longer see the orcs. There is another loud knock. The door opens with armed guards wearing the blood tabards. They enter in the room, and point at you, Camley. Cole, oh. you've been summoned. Oh, ah. Uh, and Camley looks back at her friends apprehensively. They oh. don't wait very long. They immediately step inside of the room. Can and you look guarantee her safety? They nod. Okay. Okay. And you notice that each one flanks on the right and left of you and ushers you out of the room. The door slams shut. Oh! As soon as you're ushered out, you're taken back to the slave quarters. You have to wait a while with the guards. They don't even look at you. Eventually, you are handed over to Gog. But this time, he's wearing nice leather with a blood drop in the front, an elegant loincloth with red and black embroidery, and a blood drop in the middle of the loincloth. Oh, soft. Yeah, little one. Follow Gog. Okay. You begin walking with the giant ogre. Doesn't say anything to you, but he keeps looking down at you and then back forward. Oh, I don't know about this. You take him back through the slave pits, through a door with another blood drop symbol carved into it. You ready? Uh, I guess... He opens the door and you step out into this hallway. And as you're walking, he turns to you and says, Today, you become my sister and I, your brother. Oh, we're an odd pair, aren't we? You, it seems, have friends, high places. He attempts an awkward smile. <laughs> Not easy. Threatened Gog and live. Only one able to do this. Gog impressed. Come. As you're walking down, you see tabards of the blood drop just down this hallway. And eventually another door is opened and you step out into a small looking arena. Welcome to the blood oh. leaders. And as you approach the middle of the arena... You see orcs all around you in balconies. And they're all cheering. Am I gonna fight again? This little one. Hey, little one. Put his name a slave. Ah, uh, Camly? Hmm. This one, Camly. I offer my blood. 
And before you can even get a chance to react, he slashes his palm with an old rusty dagger and the blood drips on the floor of the arena. I offer blood and loyalty. He drips the blood in a circle in the ludus. Here, take knife. Do as me and become family. Gog hands you the knife. Make choice. No. Oh. Three of you left in the room. More time passes. You don't hear back from Camly. Don't know what's really going on. You're full and tired. Ride a scar. Makes his way back up to your shoulder and is furiously licking all of the now crusty lime pie and other pies off of your beard, just chirping. <laughs> the tickle, stop it. You, you can feel a couple tugs because he's Ow. annoyed. <laughs> he has to clean his home. <laughs> and while this plays out, you guys hear another knock on the door. The door slowly swings open, but this time no guards. A very large, strange humanoid bird approaches. He's wearing a monocle and a top hat. He has a nice black suit and a bow tie. He looks very similar to a large crow. As he steps in, eventually two guards decide to follow suit. They're both wearing the blood tabard. Well, hello, fellow winged compatriot. My name is Suck. And he gives a low bow to Miles with one wing in front of the other in a very gentlemanly, elegant way. Unlike these other buffoons, we of the Eagle Clan are more civilized. You watch as a long claw points at one of the guards behind him. You, you there, take the thing off of his leg this instant. The guard looks a little pained, but doesn't question Cirque. He immediately grabs a stone out of a pouch, heads over to Miles, and then in a circular motion, rubs it on the chain on Miles's foot, and the chain falls to the ground. Unfortunately, I will have to keep the collar around your neck. You are, after all, still a tribute, and thus need to prove your worth to the clan before we can allow you to be completely free. I do, sir, hope you understand. Odd do you, and he is completely fair. As he's saying this, he's cleaning between the nails on his claws stops and pauses from your answer. Very well then. We shall be off. Aww. He dismissively waves at the guards and takes one wing and unfurls it in an, in a gentlemanly fashion asking you to go first. Alright, don't mind if I do. Gets a little stuffy in here. You step out with Cirque and the two guards eventually follow suit and shut the door behind them. They don't follow you and Cirque. As you and Cirque walk past the slave pits, you end up coming down an elaborate hallway full of varying feathers. You see a giant eagle hovering over an egg. That is a mother eagle. There's a legend that she started the Arakokra race. By convincing Buga, she wanted her children to have the same enjoyments the land creatures had. She gave up a clutch of her eggs, and the god took 13 days and 13 nights to forge the beings in the eggs, and thus a race was born. Eventually we hatched, and thus were given the ability to fly and walk. 
He says this very nonchalantly, very casual, while he's pointing at different things with his hands and his wings. Because of this, we welcome all flying and walking creatures who show promise to our nest. Eventually, you get to an open balcony. It's extremely bright and it stings your eyes. My apologies, I almost forgot. I got you this monocle to wear so you can see without being blinded, my friend. Sir hands you a beautiful monocle with gold and silver inlays. The lens is pitch black. The monocle seems to be a perfect fit. After putting the monocle on, you finally are able to see, and as you look down, it's a steep cliff. My boy, I do say, we are not going down, we are going up. Follow me and don't dawdle. He immediately takes off and flies into the distance. I'm gonna take right off after him. Now there's only two of you. No word from Miles. No word from Camley. Another hour passes. Getting kind of bored. But now you're starting to realize that you're just waiting for your time. Whatever that may be. Feeling a little apprehensive, you patiently wait, and eventually the door opens up one more time. No knock. You see a very large orc with tough, light green skin that reminds you of grass. He smiles warmly and has emerald green eyes that sparkle in the torchlight. He has two large horns protruding from out of his skull. He's wearing a cowhide leather cowl and cloak. He has a large tattoo on his hairless open chest, rippling with muscles in the shape of a bull. <laughs> Welcome, brother. I be looking forward to meeting ya. Me name is Horn. Cause you be messing with the bulls, you get the horn. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> That's a good one. Come on, brother. We should be go chatting now. Yes, we shall. I hope you had your fill. If not, we be having more food at the Ludus, brother. Oh no, I'm so full. <laughs> Radiska, you're going to have to help me with this. Little squirrel pops his head out and you look, there's almost like a connection between Horn and Radiscar. They look at each other and there's like a little blip of knowing glance between the two. And then the squirrel goes back into your, your beard. You guys step out of the room and eventually you make it past the slave pits, down another hallway. He takes you down a long hallway full of great orcs with giant horns protruding from their heads in cave art style. These are our brothers who have fought in the name of the bull. Never before have we been blessed with an actual bull, eh, brother? Yes, that's true. I've never seen my kind before. Not since the first one had made our clan, brother. That's... That's pretty awesome. Well, I look forward to this. He starts pointing to the, the pictures on the wall. Long ago, there was one such as yourself that met our orc grandmother. They fell deeply in love and had many baby bulls. We have been gifted with these horns. You be the first of your kin seen in 100 generations, man. Wow. We welcome your brother with wide open arms. And after he says that, you get to the door, which really isn't a door. It's just a cowhide skin and he pulls it back and then stretches his arm out, asking you to go first. First brother, what was her name? 
She just called the grandmother. Interesting. And I go forth. You make your way to a very strange opening that looks kind of like a maze. And you see thousands of orcs all along the balcony, all with the horns, the same horns that Horn is wearing. Some are short, some are large, some are worn, some are chipped, different colors, different shapes and sizes. And they all immediately kneel in front of you. Oh, no, we are equal, so you do not have to do that. And you watch as in, in astonishment as Horn takes a knee. And he looks up at you with love and respect. Welcome back, grandfather. We've been waiting a long time for this day. What? 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 (laughs) (laughs) With everyone gone but you nine, once again you are alone. You're used to this. It's not uncommon for you. You've never seen anyone of your kind, so it's no surprise. You woke up alone. You've studied alone. You've always been alone. It's almost a comfort and solace. A lot of time passes, hours and hours. Even you start running out of patience, mainly because all there are here are slaves that are eating, not really talking, and you. Eventually, you do hear a softer knock on the door, and the door opens up, no guards, just Orak. He's still wearing his beautiful plate mail, and you notice that he has a very large hammer on his belt. Hello, creature. What is your name? My name is Nine. Ah, so you like her. Well, I don't have all day. Follow me. With pleasure. I grow tired of being in here. I can sense that. You walk past the sleigh pits, down a very lavish hallway. You see purple and gold with lightning bolts and all sorts of exotic designs on the walls. Several paintings of orcs in metallic armor litter the wall. You see a story unfold of one of the orcs guiding its people after meeting a ripped god with a hammer. The god stands 50 feet tall in the image by your accurate estimation. I see you're looking at our history. Praise be Booga. Booga gave us the spark of life. His father, Valanthus, gave him the first spark. And because of that, we honor Valanthus and Booga. We as a tribe were lost and always warring. When the first calamity hit, we suffered as individuals. Buga, praise his name, called us using the spark within us and united the 12 tribes. We fought strange red fairy creatures and almost lost. A hammer was forged much like Buga's own hammer, imbued with his strength. We used it to fight off the beasts that would dip their hats in the blood of our kin. We won and champions helped us restore order in our world. One champion in particular helped the orc tribes claim the Thunder Tower and bring honor 
to our people. You continue walking down the hallway. And as he's describing this, the pictures are forming in the same fashion. That champion helped us build the statue of Buga in honor of him. We placed the holy hammer in his hand and honored him with games of the arena. I know, it seems strange to outsiders, even cruel that we orcs honor glory above all things. This is how we pay tribute to his name. Just like the hammer that forges the raw steel, we forge potential tributes to the blades of the clans. The longbeards, or dwarves as you call them, stole our holy hammer. Someone close to us scried and found that it ended up in a dream, but some dwarf that had it died in the process of that dream, or so she says. Sometimes she speaks in riddles that I don't understand. She said it reappeared in a thunder tower, waiting for a new champion to reclaim it and bring it back to our people. He looks at you. She said that one day, another like her would come and we should test them on the statue. If they survived, then they would be worthy. Eventually after walking in silence, you make it to a lavish fighting arena. You see purple and gold benches littering the edges and a cowl-figured individual approaches you from the middle. Well, this is your new master, Nine. I must attend to my duties as the chieftain of the Twelve Tribes. Good luck, and Booga's grace be with you. Thank you. It was a pleasure understanding your story. Orak salutes you. You see the figure tentatively approach you. You get a feeling, strange feeling, feeling of familiarity. The cowl covering the face of the creature comes down and you stare back at a female warforged with soft feminine features. Hello, Nine. I am one. Uh, uh, uh. And we'll find out next time in all D20. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> that came out of the blue. Damn. <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> I want to know like, everything. Ooh. I know, I was thinking, I'm next, I'm next, I'm up again. <laughs> uh, Way to spoil it. <laughs> no, it's good. It, it's, it's like a fine wine. You right. need to let it, you know, breathe and, and, and enjoy it. This is true. It is. So. What do you want to name it? Um... Man, I was so engrossed in the story. I wasn't even thinking. Roller coaster of emotions. So, so much story. Yeah. So much, or troller coaster of emotions. Right? Troller coaster. <laughs> troller coaster of emotions. I hate um. this. <laughs> story time with Joseph. I want to know. Story time. <laughs> I really want to know who one is. I don't know. Uh, what should we name it? Thoughts? Help. My head. Mm -hmm. That's a um, tough one. Mm. Uh, the houses of representatives. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> we call it tributes. Mm, okay, tributes is good. I was saying that, but I wanted to give you guys four a paths to... we walk. That's not bad too. It's a little uh, long though. I yeah. like long tributes. Titles. Tributes. Yeah, yeah, I like okay. tributes. Awesome. Yeah. Um, that was a lot of work. Anyway, <laughs> that was good. Felicity, start us off. Um, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash all D20. We're also on Instagram and Twitter. The handle's the same, all underscore D20. 
Um, you can find Joseph at uh, Joseph underscore Aldi twenty or Aldi twenty underscore Joseph. One may or may not be a mimic. And Josh, you can find me at Count Joshua on Twitch and also on Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> Instagram. <huh>? Carl. Instagram. <laughs> I'm not on Instagram. I'm on Instagram at nine underscore tries. And Jeremy. I'm on uh, Instagram at Magthar, and I'm also making maps now. If you cool. Have a map you want made, um, I can do battle maps, world maps. Uh, just yeah, email, they're, they're email gorgeous, me at Magthar's. Just email me at Magthar's maps at gmail.com, and we'll work something out. Uh, phonetically, how do they spell Magthar? M A G T H A R. S maps. So Magthar's maps. Yes. At gmail.com. Awesome. And you can also um, get 20% off at the tabletopgameshop.com by using the uh, code ALLD20, one word. Um, You can uh, check out our Patreon and sign up uh, for one of the tiers and um, get some cool stuff and um, episodes early at $5 and up and, um, got, uh, season 1.5 continuing for $5 and up tiers. And, um, then you can also. Yeah, that's it. So you, you can find the different tiers we have. Um, we're going to be doing 1.5 soon. So season one is not going to end guys. Right. Uh, I'm just taking a small break so that I can get the advent, the new adventure season two kind of rolling, but I assure you it won't be too long. Uh, and we will be re- releasing them depending on patron uh, support. So the more patrons we have to support, the more uh, I can convince these wonderful people to come play with me <laughs> and we can create more content. So we are going to do it uh, content-based and it will be for the $5 and up tier. So yes. definitely want to check that out. And we give away uh, dice as well and all sorts of other goodies to patrons only. Uh, we have patron-only specific content. Metal dice, yep. Uh, yeah, metal dice. Not just Not just cheap. Click clacks, really shiny metal click clacks. So check those out, you know, definitely. <laughs> I also want to give a special shout out to Bedtime Fairy Fails. Uh, they did a podcast and talked about one of our episodes from season one. And I'm really excited about listening to that. So go check them out, Bedtime Fairy Fails, and uh, see, take a look at it. And with that, game on. And now for uh, patron only content. <laughs> <laughs>